hours or less, depending where and when you were listening. I'm Charles Morris, and there's not much time left to send your tax-deductible year-end gift to Haven today. I'm inviting you to make a Christ-centered kingdom difference for the gospel in this new year that starts tomorrow. Contact information is coming in a moment. Give online or give by phone, but for now, let's start this most significant program of 2020. It's New Year's Eve. Have you made any resolutions for next year yet? Habits are powerful. Good intentions don't equal results. Some scientists say our brains make resolutions impossible, but so many tonight will still make them. Psychologist Tim Pitchell says that New Year's resolutions aren't really worth the effort, at least for most people in North America. A phenomenon called effective forecasting makes you feel good about making goals, but unlikely to follow through. Thinking about losing weight gives your brain the impression of accomplishment without having to drop any pounds. Habits are hard to break, and I'm not talking about big habits. Our brains are wired to resist any changes in our routine. Jesus told us we couldn't change ourselves. Those who sin are slaves to sin. This new year is an opportunity to grow in godliness for the power of His Holy Spirit. Instead of a resolution, we need resolute faith in the one who died to save us. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this final day of 2020... We're looking back to one of our most significant series this year, called In the Footsteps of Paul. It hasn't been an easy year, but life in the first century wasn't any different. Saul, who became Paul, would agree. He saw firsthand the brutal murder of a young Christian named Stephen. Saul, who became Paul, approved of this execution. But how did he get to that point? If anyone had been a candidate for violence and mercilessly persecuting Christians, surely it wasn't Saul. He was a religious man, devout in his beliefs, serious in his faith. He wanted to keep the law, which included thou shalt not kill. So how did Saul, who became Paul, end up persecuting those who were following Christ? In a moment, we're going to see how Scripture answers those questions and how all of us need God's grace to keep us from committing judgmental murder in our hearts today. But before we go to God's Word, I want us to listen to a little bit from a documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul, as David Suchet explores the man named Saul who would become Paul. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean, following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot, and many, many more by sea. I'll be seeking out clues in the places he visited, deciphering new evidence from the latest archaeological research, and meeting expert witnesses from around the region to help me uncover this remarkable man hidden within the pages of the New Testament. In the Footsteps of Paul, it's a two-part documentary that originally aired in the BBC. We offered it exclusively this year on Haven Today, and we're offering it today with our thanks for your end-of-year gift. As you watch, it'll feel like you're literally on a tour with David Suchet as he traveled from Jerusalem through Syria to Turkey and then on into Europe. 
It's a little like taking a trip. But even more importantly, this will bless you as you watch. So after the program, would you make your tax-deductible year-end gift to Haven today? A 100% listener-supported radio program and ministry. Your gifts will help us share the great story. As a year comes to a close and an uncertain year begins, we need to hear from you by midnight tonight. So you need to call us right now at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit our website and make your year-end gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's get this most significant program started right now with Shannon Wexelberg. Count it all joy. Blessed is the one for the sake of the sun who stands through the fire and the flood. He will receive a reward from the king, a crown for a victory won. So let's make a choice to stand up and Be steadfast whatever may come To stand and believe that the Lord will complete The wonderful work He's begun Count it all joy When we face many trials When we suffer for righteousness Sure, finding strength to endure, keeping his eyes on the king. He is not tossed like the waves of the sea, and strong winds continue to blow. So let us trust, let us hope and believe as our faith continues to grow.
Shannon Wexelberg and counted all joy here on this haven today, called in the footsteps of Paul. Now, as we continue to look at the man named Saul who became Paul, I think it would be important to hear a moment from this documentary with the British actor, a Jewish man who became a follower of Christ, David Suchet, exploring Saul who became Paul in his zealousness to trample out the early Christian faith. Observance of the law was everything to Paul. How dare these Jewish heretics claim that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah? If so, then a new age had begun and the law was no longer important. In Paul's eyes, they should be wiped from the face of the earth. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the Church of God and tried to destroy it. I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. According to the Book of Acts, Paul focused his anger on one of the leading lights of the Jesus movement, a young man called Stephen, who had been successfully convincing Jews like Paul to convert. Stephen was dragged outside the city gates and viciously stoned to death. We're told Paul stood watching, apparently minding the coats of the executioners. In those cases where you hear of people being stoned in Jewish antiquity, I think generally it's, it's a mob action. Why, why stoning? Stoning is a kind of popular thing to do. Anybody can do it. You don't need special equipment. You mean it's all around you, you just pick it up? just pick them up and do that. It's the type of thing mobs can do. It must have been a pretty ugly thing, then, to be stoned by mob rule. I'm sure that being stoned was a very ugly thing. It doesn't leave all that much of the body when so many stones have been thrown. So being a Pharisee, that would be a, a sort of normal reaction to that? It certainly to oppose people who are preaching the abrogation of Jewish law would be normal. How far you go with that doesn't take you to stoning is another issue. Paul seemed consumed with hatred for the Jesus movement. That's David Suchet asking some honest questions about the man named Saul who became Paul on the DVD that we have here on Haven Today. Tomorrow, we'll be looking at the conversion of this remarkable Jewish man. But I think it's appropriate to explore Saul a little more today. It was a brutal murder. Call it a lynching. They dragged him out of the city of Jerusalem, treated him to mob violence, and then left him for dead, and he died. Now, they didn't have a noose in a tree. They were using stones. And standing there, overseeing it all, holding that poor man Stephen's coat, Saul, who became Paul. He approved of Stephen's execution. And as we continue in the footsteps of Paul, we need to ask how. How did Saul, who became Paul, get to that point? I don't think he wanted to be known as a violent man or for intolerance, for hating another person. So how did Saul, who became Paul, get that way? Well, Philippians 3, he gave us his credentials. I myself have reasons for such confidence, he tells us. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. That was Saul. If anyone was a candidate for violence 
and mercilessly killing Christians? It was not Saul. He was a religious man, devout in his beliefs, serious in his faith. He was raised to obey the law. And that means he was raised to love his neighbor, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He knew the language. He was educated by the finest rabbis anyone could find in his day. His childhood was spent memorizing the Hebrew scriptures, honing his skills in Greek rhetoric. He just wanted to honor God and obey him. He was not trained in violence. But that's just it. His zeal for the Lord overran his compassion for those he deemed opponents. Saul, who became Paul, was so passionate about defending God, so zealous to obey, that he tried to even kill Christians because he thought they were leading people astray. In that list of his credentials that I just shared, I actually left one out. As for zeal, persecuting the church. I know you've been there. Maybe not to the point of killing, but so zealous to be right that you didn't really care who you hurt to defend it. That's the world we live in right now, wouldn't you say? Everyone online with their strong opinions, and more often than not, they're willing to demonize anyone that disagrees. We know we're right. We don't listen to anyone who says otherwise. Are we overreacting to COVID-19? Our churches being too slow to reopen with public worship? Is coronavirus just a ploy by the government to increase its power and make us dependent? It's not just political things either. What Bible should we read? What kind of music should a Christian listen to? What pastors should we learn from? Strong opinions out there. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a strong opinion, but what happens when someone disagrees with you? Too often we're seeing anger and condemnation, ridiculing anyone who doesn't believe what we believe or agree with our views. And I confess I've been angry and have condemned. It is the Saul, not Paul, mindset. It's self-righteous. It's even arrogant. And it turns ugly and can get worse. When we are so convinced that we are right, that we actively attack anyone who disagrees, we're displaying a much deeper issue. We're acting just like Saul, not Paul. Saul wasn't just zealous to kill Christians because they disagreed with him. He wanted to kill Christians because he was convinced he was God's better servant. No one was more committed to the Lord than he was, and he needed to show it by being willing to do anything. And you know what? We do the same thing. Wouldn't you say? We can be so zealous to defend the Lord's honor that we're willing to destroy anyone in our path. Isn't it true that we do this sometimes when we are convinced ourselves that God needs us? He needs us to defend him, to defend what we're calling the truth, to crush anyone who opposes it. One of my favorite preachers once said, God doesn't need anyone to defend the Bible any more than anyone needs to defend a tiger. Let the tiger out of its cage, it'll defend itself. The truth of God doesn't actually need us. God graciously finds us, and that should make us humbly dependent on him in all. Well, Saul, who became Paul, was convinced that God needed him. So he approved of Stephen's stoning in Acts 7. Stephen was preaching the gospel. Saul hated that. He hated Christ. He hated Christians, and it wasn't until he met the Lord Jesus Christ personally 
that everything changed. Listen to his mindset after the Lord saved him. And this time, I'd like you to hear it as read by David Suchet. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. That's the British actor David Suchet reading the words of the Apostle Paul from Philippians 3. Thanks to our friends at BibleGateway.com. Did you hear what Paul, not the earlier Saul, said? I'm curious, is this your mindset? To know Christ? To make him known? To press on in the Christian life? Saul, who became Paul, was self-righteous, so confident in his own achievements and accomplishments. But when he met Jesus, everything changed. He realized that working hard to prove your worth doesn't work. Persecuting others who disagree is not how we honor the Lord. He finally got it. He saw clearly that our goals as believers in the Lord Jesus should be to make him known. Are you struggling in a Saul mindset? Condemning others? Boasting about your own accomplishments? Approving the destruction of your supposed enemies? Let me encourage all of us to turn to the Lord once more. To embrace Jesus Christ, the one who gave up his rights, who didn't insist on his own way. He was the most righteous, yet he refused to destroy those who hated him. He died for us, to save us from our sin and to bring us new life by way of his resurrection. We need Jesus now just as much as we ever have. He's our way, our truth, and our life now and forevermore. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and
Susan Ashton, and wonderful, merciful Savior here on this New Year's Eve, Haven Today. And you've been listening to one of our most significant series of 2020, called In the Footsteps of Paul. As I said yesterday, with more people at home these days, more people are watching TV. People are stuck in their homes and getting bored. That's why I'm so glad we can offer you a DVD that'll help you redeem your time well. You heard an excerpt from it earlier, from In the Footsteps of Paul. It's a documentary that originally went out over the BBC. It's a two-part documentary hosted by David Suchet, the British actor, and we have it exclusively for you here at our ministry. As you watch it, you'll feel like you're traveling to new places where Paul visited and planted early churches, but even better, your faith will grow as you better appreciate what the Spirit of the living God did through Paul and is still doing even today. So would you get in touch with us right now? We're answering our phones all the way through midnight so you can make your tax-deductible gift. And please pray about being a little more generous than you may have been in the past, or maybe we've never heard from you before, and you need to get in touch with us for the very first time. Here's the number to make your gift so we can start a new year strong. And if you want, remember to ask for the DVD in the footsteps of Paul. The number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and make that year-end gift right now at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year. Won't you come back in 2021? And again, we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Does your glass seem half full or half empty as you face the new year ahead? If you belong to Jesus, I hope your answer is neither. Because no matter what the year brings to you, one thing is certain. Your life is hidden in Christ. It's covered by His grace. It's filled to the brim with His sufficiency. So let these words of Psalm 73 be your prayer as you enter this new year. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail. And my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Hey, got a smartphone on you? All you need is 60 seconds to get the print edition of Anchor Devotional on its way. Just visit GetAnchor.com.